Hello and welcome to the Square State Sandlot Podcast. In this episode, we discuss the Wyoming Cowboys upset win over Air Force, week two in the NFL, the Raiders epic collapse, the Ravens equally epic collapse, what is wrong with the Colts, Titans, and Bengals, the Steelers, and much more. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello and welcome. We are live and we are on a new platform right now, so hopefully we'll be having some viewers from, from Twitch joining us. I have Kyle joining me, which is a surprise. I thought I'd be doing this as, as a solo pod. So Kyle, first, I just want to congratulate you and Carlene and for all of our viewers. You have a uh, happy, healthy baby boy. Yes, sir. Jack Warren. Uh, Jack Warren Gilmore was born on uh, September 17th, 9.03 a.m. Uh, five pounds, 15 ounce, healthy little baby. Mama's doing good. So that makes me happy. Yeah, no, that's fantastic news. Uh, happy for you guys, obviously. But Thank you. Little guy. Cute little yeah, peanut. Newest, <laughs> new, newest member of Square State Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we'll get to the uh, the sports talk, and we're going to be talking about our Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, they had a fantastic upset win over Air Force, um, won 17 to 14. We were both predicting a lot less of a showing. I'm sure some of the Air Force injuries and, and sickness had something to do with it. Uh, yeah. They were missing, I think, three key contributors and five players overall. Um Three of them were on on the cornerback and wide receiver position. So obviously that that probably had something to do with Wyoming being able to execute on offense and and defense a lot better than we were expecting. But did you get to see that game at all? Uh, yeah, I got to watch. Yeah, I mean, I got to watch most of it. Um, I was flipping through channels a lot during that game. Um, but... <laughs> So I'm super, I'm super happy we won. Obviously, uh, neither one of us thought that that was even in the cards. Um, but with that being said, I still saw a lot that frustrated me. Um, a lot of our play calling is still a little suspect. Um, we got bailed out with um, our run game and our running backs, which, I mean, is fine when it works. Um, when it doesn't work, that's when we're obviously in bad situations, but mostly I just, I'm so confused by this team. I don't know how we <laughs> play the cupcake team, so to speak, and look horrible. And then, you know, the supposed best air force team in years and we show up and, you know, pop them in the mouth and walk out of there with a win. So all in all, I'm happy about it, but I just, I'm so confused by this team. I'm hoping they can string a few of these together and get that identity and run with it. Well, and th where you said you, you still see a lot of things to be discouraged about. I'm taking the other side, <laughs> which is not like That's me, good. but That's good. Um, I did see a lot of progression in, in terms of what uh, Peasley's doing with the football. He definitely has been a lot more confident in his throws and a lot more accurate in the last two games. Uh, obviously, the last game against Northern Colorado, it, it took until middle of the third quarter before they start to open the playbook. And it seemed right off the bat that in this game against Air Force, they were they were doing those screen passes to get him at least in the flow of the game where he's not, you know, airing it out. Just quick passes to the wide receivers or 
or running backs. And then once he's dialed in, they were they were expanding the playbook and they didn't wait till the second half. They they started doing that almost immediately. So and then with that being said, I mean, then you have the opening in the run game for for Titus Wynn and McNeely. And that combo, I think, is going to be really special if they can if they can keep this going, because as long as uh, it's working. Yeah. I mean, Titus Wynn is that bruiser and then McNeely. I think once he gets that club off his hand, he's going to be even more of a weapon because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, uh, but he's he's the lightning and and Titus Swin is the thunder. So, we haven't seen that combo in in quite a while, at least in the in the Wyoming backfield. Yeah. So that's that's going to be uh, pretty good going forward. And and I guess a quick shout out to Easton Gibbs. He he was sick. They didn't think he was going to play, and in fact, he didn't start the game. But he ended up coming in. He he was throwing up all night the night before and, and even the day before. So he lost 12 pounds and still ended up coming in and making an impact in the game. And, you know, Wyoming sort of becoming a factory for inside linebackers. And it seems like he may be it's the next so one. It's so weird. It is, especially it when is, it's weird to me that they're from Wyoming. It's too. not, I know. And it's, it's not just that it's a linebacker core though, either. It's the same position. Like, it's not like you're pulling people off of the entire linebacking core. It's like, I don't know what we're doing there with those guys in the middle controlling the defense, but I mean, if I was an NFL team, I want one of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're anything like Logan Wilson. Yeah. Logan Wilson, Chad Moom is playing really well for Jacksonville right now. So yes. not, not a bad little deal there. And then I just wanted to, to shout out Cobbs as well. I mean, he's, he had one drop. It was that, a big step up. Yeah, I mean, he had one drop that was catchable, but I mean, he's a little behind him. But every other ball that came his way, he caught and and was getting plenty of yards the, after catch. So, I think the biggest thing with Cobbs that was impressive is you could see Air Force starting to adjust to him, um, yep. and we need that. I mean, if you're gonna do this ground and pound, running, you know, have the run game be the, our, our heart and soul, you have to have that threat there on occasion. Um, so I was, I thought it was a big step up for him. Like I said, I'm, I don't mean to be doom and gloom all the time, but um, I'm hoping that some of this will help them string some things together because we still have a lot of really tough teams to play. So, yeah. um, well, and I don't know. I'm just really hopeful. One other encouraging, I mean, we've talked about Parker Christensen before. Uh, he had a big play where he, you know, acted like he was blocking at the start of the play. And then as soon as they took their focus off of him, he he popped out in in the flat, caught the ball and took it for, I think it was like 37 yards to put us right, right next to the end zone. So he's looking yep. great uh, at tight end, both blocking in the run game and, and making plays on his feet when he, when he catches the football. So that, like I said, a lot of things to be encouraged about, but how are you feeling about this this matchup where they're going to meet up with former Mountain West Conference rival uh, BYU in in Provo on ESPN2 on Saturday night? All right. Two things here. First of all, I mean, like we talked a bit when we had Polly on, like these old rivalry games I live for, and I hate that they don't happen as often as they used to. And I realize maybe not everybody knows that BYU and Wyoming have a rivalry, but for us here in Wyoming, it's a big deal. Um, I don't know. I'm torn. Like I, it, I would have never guessed we could pull out a win against Air Force. So, yep. um, I don't know. I think BYU's down right now. So maybe 
I don't know. Maybe we run all, all over them. I mean, if, if the run game can get going and we can control the tempo of the game, then why not? Yeah. Screw it. I'll I'll get off my, my negativity for the season and say, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah. And this is a BYU team that was uh, ranked 12 prior to the absolute boat race that Oregon did to them. I think Oregon was they up 38 to like 7 <laughs> at one point. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tyler Hall is a great quarterback for BYU. Uh, they have some some offensive weapons out on the exterior. Uh, got, I mean, really, their defensive line is a strength as well. So it's going to be strength against strength on when Wyoming has the football. And, and I don't know. We'll have to see how the, the secondary holds up. I really hope that the whole, you know, rivalry thing keeps it a lot closer than it's expected to be. Uh, and sure. obviously, we're hoping for the, the upset win. I know there's a few BYU specific chants that we have as well. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a couple. Hopefully, the Pokes fans show up in Provo and and make it at least not as one sided out there in the crowd. So, yeah. you got anything else you wanted to add to the the Pokes stuff before we move on? I don't think so. Just obviously, thanks for proving me wrong um, again. I just I had no. I didn't think we had a shot in that game. I was just hoping to at least be competitive and all right, made me eat my words. So go pokes. Let's do it again. <laughs> yep. All right. And then you had a note in here about your, your Pittsburgh uh, Panthers. I mean, talking about cupcakes and stuff, um, they played Western Michigan this past weekend. Um, and they actually upset Pitt last year. They won like 43 to 41. Um, it was horrible. So, it was nice for them to come in and win, but where the where the big story was, if, if anybody who was watching the last, uh, I think it was the last pod, um, their last game, they ended up on their third string quarterback, yep. and even he was getting beat to hell. So they actually rolled out a rookie or a rookie <laughs> freshman um, freshman quarterback Nate Yarnell, and he came in and don't get me wrong, um, Israel Abanacanda controlled that entire game. I mean. He ran like a monster, and that's what got the win. But uh, Yarnell came in and managed the game through some beautiful throws. Um, at the end of the day, if I was those other three quarterbacks, I would be nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to end up starter, but I think he's going to be above one of the – at least one of the three. Um, so that was kind of cool. Granted, it is Western Michigan. It's a team they're supposed to beat, but – um, having a freshman come in like that and and play very very well was really fun to watch. So, yeah, no, it's special to see when when freshmen come in and make an impact because you don't really expect much out of them being you know eighteen nineteen years old. So, all right, well we'll move on to the the meat and potatoes of this podcast, and that's going to be the NFL for the next little bit. Um, we had sure. a a little. Good news here, and, and that's that the Bills absolutely rolled the Titans. Um, and quite honestly, I, I don't think there's a team that, that's going to compete with the Bills this season. Uh, they appear to be the best team, head and shoulders above the rest of the league in terms of what they can do offensively and defensively. Even when they make mistakes, I mean, they're still at just you well, know that's, killing other that's teams. That's so. to your point. I mean, if they're going to lose these games – they're going to be losing these games, in my opinion. It's not going to be somebody beating them. Um, 
they're just so stacked. It's going to be them dropping the ball if they if they lose some of these big, um, you know, the the important games. You know, be it down the stretch or the playoffs. They're just. I mean, if you aren't a big football fan and you're just like entertainment, they're just a fun fun team to watch. Um, there's there's something special about turning on national broadcast and and seeing Wyoming Cowboy 17s in the crowd. Yep. Um, it's not something we get on our end very often. So it's, it's very, very special. Uh, I'll never, I will never get past how many people love him now. Um, I mean, you go back to the draft, you go back to the uh, pre-draft. Um, there was a lot of, I, in fact, I will say this, if, if you're bored, go back and look at, look at his draft grades yep. and um, look at, all the experts and how they broke him down and what their expectations were. Um, granted, I get that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be spot on all the time with this stuff, but I mean, we knew he was special and I love seeing just how right we were. He just, Oh my God, he's so fun to watch. Yeah. He's so happy. His teammates love him. I just, it's funny because on the broadcast, they were showing all the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. Uh, his same year back in 2018 and and they were showing that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold both went before him and I was just like oh my god I still can't believe believe that that." no and honestly like even though we had Derek Carr I was still like the Raiders have to make have to find a way to get him but anyway I was hoping for for the for the big Ben replacement to be a big Hulk and Josh Allen but yeah obviously didn't happen but just a couple updates from that um Dane Jackson, the the cornerback that ended oh, up yeah. getting a, a neck and spine injury, uh, they said he he's all clear. Essentially, they took him out of the critical care. Uh, they're basically just monitoring him for progress, but he has movement in all extremities and everything like that. So it looks like he avoided any major injury. So shout out. Hopefully, he he just continues to to do better and and get clear on that because it's always scary when you see the ambulance come out in the middle of a football game so and then just one other note their offensive lineman got suspended for a game he apparently after the game went to find someone on the defensive line to to punch them and ended up punching one of the titans coaches so he got suspended a game and obviously you don't like to see that in professional football because you know between the lines i can see but after the game there's there's no reason to be seeking someone out to hurt them or something. So so stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I think if anything's going to uh, take the bills down, it's going to be, you know, discipline issues, things like that. Um, You know, just unspeakable. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to say what could possibly uh, derail them. Yeah. Injuries, uh, anything like that. But I I mean, like I said, far and above everyone else, it looks like. A lot of people are putting the Chiefs in with them as well, but I, I still think the it's Chargers the exposed some of the weaknesses that the that the Chiefs have. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, we're only, I think, 12% through the season. Each game's about 6% in the 17-game yeah. season. So a lot of time to to see where, where things go with that. But speaking of not having a, a good start, that mm. is my Raiders uh, 0-2, I'm, I'm just curious to get your take on this. You think it's panic time in Vegas? Oh. Um, I don't want to say panic time, but in that division, 
you just can't afford this kind of a slow start because I think the Chiefs and even the Chargers are going to put it together more as the season goes on. Um, and hell, I'll even give the Broncos. They're probably going to gel more as the season goes on. So I'm a little discouraged, Bill, by uh, <laughs> what I've seen so far. Um, I don't know. I, I It's tough because of who you played. They... I hate them so much. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I hate Kyler Murray, but uh, they, they do have that big play potential. That 22nd play was just stupid. Oh God! It's he, it's. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, they um, said they said he ran 85 uh, yards on a two point conversion and and ended and up. That's getting what in I mean. There. Like that. I guess that's my thing. Is I think I want to call them fluke plays. I think your defense dropped the ball. Well, but. All in all, I think you had a better game than they did. Oh, for sure. It I just that's the so frustrating, frustrating thing is like I don't know how they don't make the adjustment during that game to put a spy on him because if you look at that two point conversion, that I mean he had nowhere to go with that ball. They were blanketing every single wide receiver, running back, tight end that he had out there on the field. Yeah. But what they didn't have is someone following him. So you had two big you know, 300 pound guys trying to keep contain on him. And I mean, he's a fast little midget. So I don't understand how we don't have someone that's athletic, like a divine Diablo, a very athletic uh, linebacker just following. The other, the other side of it though, is that situation should have never happened. Unfortunately, even your best players have bad games, um, frustrating games. The two fumbles by Hunter and just, they're heartbreaking, and one of them I don't hold him accountable for at all. For sure. It was a, a perfectly placed helmet right on his elbow and ball. Um, those things happen. The other one, yes, I'm going to say is you a big-time hoops. Yep. Um, and I think, I think that fair, was just back-breaking. It just, he, I think it demoralized everybody. He, he did go into concussion protocols after that hit. So I'm sure that had hit. something to do with it, but yeah, I mean, after you fumble once, there's there's yeah. got to be a, a certain sense of I've got to have two hands on the ball, especially two plays later. But um, I guess real quick, that it was a twenty point collapse, which has never happened yeah. in Raiders history before, and that's dating back to like I think their first year was 1960, if I remember right. So I mean, we're talking sixty, what is that, sixty two years of history. Hasn't happened before. Uh, so that's obviously not great. Um, and then when they were up 23 to 7 in the fourth quarter, rather than trying to run some clock off, they threw the ball three times in a row. Uh, one of them went out of bounds, two were incomplete, uh, and they end up punting after burning. I think it was only like, I can't remember if it was nine seconds or 29 seconds, but either way, one run would have burnt more clock than they did on three entire yeah. plays. So that's not great, especially when it came down to the last few seconds of the game. Cardinals probably wouldn't have had enough time to to make that comeback. But that was that was the most frustrating thing about it is up 20 at halftime. I'm already saying, like, there's no way they can blow this game. And then, yeah. you know, they score a touchdown, Raiders kick a field goal. I'm still feeling like, well... Okay, they're down 16. That's two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. Those are all not likely to happen. Well, then they get 
touchdown, two-point conversion, get another touchdown, and then we see that crazy play at the end where he darts a, an absolute missile into the back of the end zone. Still don't think that, I still think that ball hit the ground, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you don't play defense. Shouldn't have been in that gonna, situation. Yeah. And right. I can't blame the defense either because they had to, they were on the field for 51 plays because the offense yeah. could not get a first down. And at some point, Josh McDaniels has to make some, some adjustments and say, hey, I mean, we need to burn the clock. I know you don't want to just go completely conservative, but at the same time, you can't just be bombing just bombing uh, incompletions left and right because that's not burning up any clock. And, you know, he's obviously he's been a coach before that didn't go well. He's been a great offensive coordinator. So you feel like he's been in these situations yeah. before you got to keep your foot on the pedal, but at the same time, you can't go completely just bonkers with these play calls. So I, I don't think it's panic time yet. I mean, like I said, we're only 12, 12% through the season. Um, if you look at playoff teams from last year, you have the Colts that are 0-2, or I guess 0-1-1, and and then you have the <laughs> Bengals that are 0-2. You have the oh, Titans God. that are 0-2 that we face next this upcoming week. So there's plenty of teams that were in the playoffs last year that are struggling, and I really, I mean, like I said, Bills are probably top of the, the AFC conference. I think the Chiefs will be there as well. But I think the rest of the teams are, are head and shoulders below those two teams. So I feel like, you know, you might get in with, with a wild card at nine and seven. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> AFC South might have a team with a losing record that gets in because of how awful they look. So I don't want to say, you know, we're, our season's over. Obviously, losing a 20-point lead in historic fashion, that's not something that you want to hang your hat on. And if they don't yeah. get things turned around, we are going to be talking about, you know, next year pretty soon. So I think if they go in and into Tennessee and lose to the Titans, we might be we might be having that conversation after next week. So this is a I don't want to say it's a must win because you still have 14 games after. Yeah. But if you if you want to make the playoffs and you have the the Chargers Chiefs in your division, it's going to be tough sledding to get in yeah. with those two teams. So. That's a race in that division. I mean, and it really is, and you got to keep up. I don't want to, you know, ride off the Broncos, but they lost to the Seahawks that many people think are going to be the worst team in, the, in football, and they barely beat the Texans that are probably the second worst team in football. So I don't think there's much optimism there, especially if you look at Broncos fans. I'm sure you have a few that you're yeah. friends with, what they've been saying. So, um, But I, I do think there's a couple adjustments we need to make right now. And that is we have $14 million left in salary cap. So I think we need to sign Ndamukong Sue immediately if he's in shape and, and they think he can help at all because you know who hasn't been showing up? That's Chandler Jones. We gave him $32 million guaranteed over, I think, $51 million total um, over three seasons. And through two games, he's made one play. And that is just, I mean, absolutely unacceptable. You, you get all that money. You have Max Crosby on the other side taking up double teams, and you can't get home Should be once. Easy. Like, yeah. And, I mean, we've got nothing up the middle either, so that's why I'm saying if if you think Adamic and Sue can help and he's asking for $7 million at this point, give it to him. You still should've got $7 million. Yeah, I mean, he should have brought him in at the before, you know, when training camp was still going. But yeah. And then just lastly, I got one note. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray got punched <laughs> in the face at the end of the game, celebrating next to the Raiders fans, which obviously a stupid move on his part. Yeah. But the fan that hit him, um, I don't feel like there's any room for, for that in in sports. And unfortunately, it's becoming a more common theme. You see all these idiot fans doing things in stadiums. So yeah. uh, I think the NFL needs to take some action on, on that and say, if you get caught doing something like this, you're not, you're not coming to, to this stadium and you're not going to any of the other stadiums because it's just unacceptable. And then Agreed. Benny put a, a comment in and he said, the Raiders blew it. So did the Steelers. Big win by Wyoming after being a 16 and a half point dog. Utes got revenge on San Diego State and BYU lost. All good. And then he said, Judge just hit his number 60th homer. So that's, yes, I uh, know. He, he needs <laughs> one more to tie Roger Maris's record for single season home runs in the AL and the Yankees and, and two more to beat him. So impressive. We we're going to pull off the win. We ended up oh, losing nine to eight. Are they playing you guys? Yeah, they had just serving up dangers for him. My God, he hit one and then, uh, oh, damn it, who was it? Somebody hit a walk off, dude. We clawed back into that game. I'm not even gonna talk about it, but okay. yeah, that his his sixtieth was on us. So that's <laughs> well, he might have two more by the end of that series. So, so thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> right. Okay, and then going to your division, uh, we had. Miami, they were down 28-7 to to Baltimore, and it looked like Baltimore was just absolutely in control of that game. Uh, I was already celebrating because, you know, I, I've i been saying that I don't believe in Miami just yet, and then they have a crazy comeback. Uh, do you think Miami's for real, or do you think it's kind of like what we saw with, with the Raiders and Baltimore just fell asleep at the wheel coming out of halftime? Um. I don't think that this means that there's some juggernaut in the AFC. I'll tell you that. Um, I will say that Baltimore does this um, pretty regularly. The one difference is, is they end up winning these games close or had in the past. Um, you know, and so then people are a lot more forgiving when you come away with the win anyways. Um, they, they have given up a lot of late points to teams over the last few years under uh, you know, Harbaugh and with Lamar Jackson. As far as whose fault it is, I don't really know. Um, honestly, they just, they I don't think they reacted to him at all in the second half. Uh, Miami came out and stuck to their guns, and I think they adjusted. Um, and some of those plays, there's no reason. I know Tyreek's fast. I know Waddle's fast. There is no reason for them to have that much space before any defender is, you know, even close to making a tackle, let alone putting hands on them. Um, and some of those throws, I mean, they're underthrown. Uh, yep. Some of the routes that they had to cut off and come back to, but you had no defender. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, good win for them. That's amazing to come back that way. Uh, absolute amazing amazing game you know to never quit and stick to it but i do think it's more i think baltimore is on the decline and a lot of people i know disagree with me on that but they're not the the scary defense that they once were and their no. offense is one-dimensional 
Um, do they have some big plays once in a while? Do they stun people with these, you know, big wild games? Absolutely. Um, I mean, kind of to the point of Kyler Murray. That shit at the end of your game was ridiculous. It's kind of the same stuff that Baltimore pulls off once in a while. Yep. Um, I'm not sold on either of them, but I just think one team let up and one team put their foot to the floor, and there you go. See, and I like Mike McDaniel, uh, but I, just, I love him. I think he's an amazing guy. I'm just not buying in quite yet. And I mean, your brother-in-law had Tua on his bench, so that was unfortunate for him because I ended up beating him in our podcast league. Uh, thanks to Stefan Diggs going off, but um, no, I, I think I think Sorry, you're absolutely right with with Baltimore in terms of their defense. I don't think they should have let Anthony Averett walk. Obviously, that he came to the Raiders, uh, he was contributing until he broke his thumb, and I still think he'll be back to to contribute and help our team. Um, but I I do think bateman is an absolute stud at wide receiver they have mark andrews i think lamar's on his revenge tour since he didn't get paid and he absolutely balled out i don't know if you saw that i think it was an 83 yard scamper where he outrun everyone on the defense so also ridiculous i'm sorry yeah um so i i think baltimore is the better team in that game i just don't know what happened in that second half but what were you going to say about this game um i don't know I lost my train of thought. Okay. There's probably something terrible about Baltimore. Um, <laughs> probably because you hate them, but it's fine. <laughs> I get it. No, I just, I don't know. I, it, those g- games like that are so weird, and I hate to call them a fluke because well, it happened put that many like, points late. If you look I mean, at late. all the all the upsets that happened, like where teams had controlling uh, yeah. positions in games, like you saw the what happened to the Browns. They were winning that entire game. Chubb was having a fantastic game, and they, they somehow let the Jets come back in and upset them. So I, oh. I don't know what the theme is here, but it definitely happened to quite a few favorites. Uh, before, I'll actually dive into that real quick. I think – because I don't know if you saw the coverage. Like, they were there were places trying to insinuate that Chubb should have went down instead of going into the end zone. Um, and then flashing back to a game, it might've been last year where he went out of bounds to win the game. Um, absolutely not in that situation. And in that point, you want that dude to score. Cause you do not think that you're going to give up that many points like that. No. Um, so I thought a, that was pretty unfair to Chubb because a, he carried your ass the entire game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, lightning strikes sometimes and it just, it was in the Jets' favor. That was crazy. But the the thing that I forgot, um, as far as Miami being for real, I mean, obviously, they this next game, they play Buffalo. Um, if you want to be real, I'm not saying they got to win that game because I don't think they will. But if you're a real contender, you have got to be in that game. Yeah. If you, if you lose like the Titans did to them, you're out of that conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's done. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to see that game because, I mean, obviously we're really pushing for Josh Allen, but that'll be their biggest test of the season is how they go against Buffalo. For sure. Really anybody in the AFC. All right. So moving on from Miami and Baltimore, uh, what's going on with Colts? I mean, they're 0-1-1 like we talked about. They tied against the Texans and then lost pretty (laughs) embarrassingly to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you think that's growing pains? What What's going on there? No, I, I, I've always – so back when we used to have 2,000-yard rushers all the time, um, their, their 
next season, there's a reason you don't have back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. You know, it's it's not something that happens regularly. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor had this just meteoric rise, and I was worried about it. I didn't think he was going to have the same kind of year. I thought he was too high in the fantasy drafts because I've I don't believe that it's possible to do that two seasons in a row. Um, so you take him out of the equation and what do you have left? I mean, I thought Matt Ryan was going to carry him and uh, kind of have a resurgence, but it's just not happening. Um, I don't know. I, there's nobody on that team right now that scares me. There's no wide out that they have that scares me right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's hurting them the most is just, they don't have like, T.Y. Hilton used to scare defenses, but... Right, you put eight in the box, take away Jonathan Taylor, and you beat the Colts. And the the teams that are able to do it is surprising. I can't remember who they have at wide receiver that's that's good. They have Pittman. Pittman, Um, that's what I was thinking. I think he'll have a big year. He's okay. But, yeah, he's not going to scare anyone if if you can bracket him. Um, And, yeah, if you can take – I mean, Jonathan Taylor, let's not – say he's not doing anything i mean he's third in no, rushing he's he's still but, an amazing running back i don't mean it as a knock on him um just i just can't don't rely think on him to carry your whole yeah. offense and that production is not sustainable for two seasons two full seasons it's you're just not going to do it he's not going to have the year he had last year yeah so okay yeah i i don't know i mean i feel like they've regressed on defense and obviously the offense isn't gelling right now i think some of that's got something to do with matt ryan behind being behind center and probably new system to him and all that fun stuff when he's been in the same system for the last you know 13 years whatever it's been so uh one the one thing i would say though the texans tie i got nothing for you doesn't make sense yeah um the jacksonville loss I think there's something different about Jacksonville for me. Um, I mean, I talked about it in the offseason a little bit. I think they're finally starting to piece some things together. I think a lot of it has to do with who's leading that coaching staff and who's yep. leading the players now. Uh, I mean, we don't need to get into that, but I there's a confidence with Trevor Lawrence that wasn't there before. Um, some of the run game's getting going. I mean, Etienne's back see. and healthy, at least for now. James Rice has been running out of his mind. And too. really, that's true. They, I mean, they do have a two-headed, two-headed dragon back there at this point. But I think some of that does have to do with Jacksonville maybe stepping up. And dude, I, I'm not saying it's this year, but I would love to see Jacksonville take that division. Well, that they, would be amazing. And they, they could this year. They Anybody lead the division could. right now. Sadly, well, I mean, I didn't want to jinx them. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me. And. I thought Jacksonville would win a lot more games this year than they did last year, obviously, with Doug yeah. Peterson at the helm. I think that's going to be good for for Trevor Lawrence. We've talked about that, but I definitely didn't think this would be the year. Uh, but, I mean, Crazy. that's the thing about the Colts is I think they'll have till midway through the season to get it together because I don't think anyone's going to run away with this division. So I still think they have the best roster in that division. But, I for mean, sure. they got to they got to start doing something soon enough. Um, and then the Bengals, I mean, that's another team in your division. What's going on with them? I mean, you guys beat them with basically no offense. Um, Your defense did a lot of the work, but what's going on? I don't even know what to think about them. I I go back to our last pod and I talked about not playing your starters in the off season. Um, I mean, there's a million different things you can say that might contribute. I think the fact that their entire offense did not play at all during the preseason, 
then you take Joe Burrow, who had uh, appendectomy and lost a bunch of weight and is struggling to put it back on. I know, I mean, there's some things there, but even outside of that, he does not look like the same quarterback. Well, and, and I mean, I go to say that, but really, if you think about it, I mean, they had a, they had a run late. He's, he struggled last year as well. Yeah. Um, it's not like he had this perfect season. It was just a Cinderella finish that, you know, didn't quite finish. Um, I don't know, man. I thought, I thought the Steelers came out and popped him in the mouth and that's all that was, you know, and it was this awesome game for us, but to go against a Cooper rush led Dallas team and yeah, that was puzzling to me. I just, I don't, that defense was stout. I don't, I don't understand what's going on on offense or defense. They're just not up to par. Defense is kind of what the the Raiders are going through right now. Offense can't stay on the field, and so defense is left out there. And I think Burrow, I mean, last year he got hit more than any quarterback, I think, ever. (laughs) He got sacked a a record time, a record amount of time. Um, And that's kind of in our division. Yeah. And that's kind of kept up this season. I think he's been hit the most this season of any other quarterback. And like you said, he's coming off the surgery, he's coming off you know, that last season. So I think, we I think that's got something to do with it, but man, him and six, him and Jamar chase have, haven't been on the same page yet. So I think they'll turn it around Nixon. as well, but it's, it's crazy that they're owing two already as well. And then yeah, Titans, we already talked about them at the top. Uh, they lost to the giants on trouble. that two. Yeah. They lost to the giants on that two point conversion and then got absolutely stomped by the bills. Um, they, moved on to Malik at least at the end of that game. And I think some of it was Tannehill was just getting absolutely destroyed on almost every snap. So I don't know if they were thinking yeah. more. Uh, they, Malik they interviewed is, Tannehill after the game. He was and mad. That's what he said. He was mad, but that's what he said was that they were, there's no point in getting anybody injured in a game that they're obviously not going to win. Yeah. And I get that too. I mean, I think it was the right call for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know, man. Like I told you, I thought the Bills, I, I was predicting just an absolute, I mean, destruction, and I wasn't disappointed. I think well, they're in a lot of trouble. You Derek took Henry away going to save them. You took away A.J. Brown, which was really the only offensive weapon only they had that. outside of Derrick Henry. Um, so that was kind of Tannehill's safety valve is – play action to Henry and then bomb it up to AJ and he would come down with it. So you take that away. You still have Todd Downing calling plays. Everyone, we warned you about it, but you still went with him. And I think every time I think, every time I think he could turn a page and maybe, maybe stop being him. And then I'm like, there he is. No, I, I, and I'm sure he's a great guy, which is why he keeps getting these positions. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, you see what he puts out there, and it's not good. So, um, I think I think we'll see Malik a lot more before too long, and I hope the the Raiders take care of business and and beat the Titans. It's going to be tough because we're in Nashville, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, wh- what about your Steelers? I I know you didn't get to uh, watch it at, at least live, but ha- did you go back and watch that? Yeah, I went back and watched. Um, I watched highlights, and then I actually turned on the the replay a little bit later. But um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty frustrated. Um, 
about three things I can break it down to. But I'm going to start off with saying the big surprise. Uh, the biggest concern going into this year was the offensive line. And don't get me wrong, their run blocking is still suspect. Um, but their pass blocking has not been terrible. It is not our issue. So I'll start with that. Uh, but the three things that are really bothering me right now is some of it is on Mitch. Um, he does not like to stay in a pocket even when it's clean. And that's starting to really bother me when we do finally set up a good pocket. He's still trying to roll out and bail out and he's missing a lot of reads because of it. Um, we're having some guys that are wide open and he's just, he's not seeing them and he's throwing the check down and it's, Checkdowns are not going to win your game for you. I'm sorry. Yes, they have big plays once in a while, but that cannot be all you do. Um, so there's that. One that surprises me, and I think some of it has to do with the fact that he's used to being hit as soon as he gets the ball. Um, Najee's vision has been interesting over the last two games. Um, sometimes we have a wide open hole and he's just not seeing it, and he's making a cut and darting for a two, three-yard gain when – you know, we have a six-yard wide hole off to the right. So I, that's bothering me a little bit, but I think some of that has to do with, obviously, how he's he's got to make a move, and I think he's making a move before he needs to sometimes. And then the very last thing, I am so frustrated with Matt Canada. I don't even know what to say at this point. Um, he showed some – what I thought was some very innovative ways of using our offense in the preseason. And I've yet to see any of it during the regular season. And I do not understand why yeah. um, I'm starting to think that maybe he's calling Craig bowl for uh, <laughs> coaching tips. I don't know what the deal is. Um, That's what I told you I, off air. I said, seriously, I wonder if he's so from the Craig bowl tree. Cause it looks like. I don't, did you catch any of the player interviews after the game? Yeah. Yeah, I, Pickens was not I happy. Mean, Let's say that. If that doesn't, I mean, you, I, I can't even. I mean, that was Mitchell's response was, well, I'd like to see us get a game plan implemented where we get uh, George Givens included a little more. Okay, so there's that. Chase Claypool, who's never been very quiet, was like, hey, man, I don't call the plays. Yep. All right. I mean, every player they interviewed was like, I don't want to tell you, man, we get it. <laughs> like, yeah. We're not calling the plays. We're running. And no one is happy in this offense. So I love Mike Tomlin. I will always believe in Mike Tomlin. But fire this son of a bitch and let's get somebody else. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. We'll I think that Craig we have Bowl. so much. I think he's ah, available. Don't even say that. Um, <laughs> we have so much talent on the team regardless of our shortcomings. And we're not using any of it. We're not utilizing it. Um, and then, so those are my three takeaways from the game. Obviously we lost to the Patriots for anybody who I didn't clarify before I got on my rant. Um, I thought we were going to have this game. I thought this was going to be an easy game for us. I still think it should have been, uh, um, predicted the score, just picked the wrong team. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Um, the defense was amazing and there were still people that were critical of the defense late in the game, which is mind boggling to me because, they did everything in their power to keep us in that game. Um, well, the frustrating thing was, I think if your your rookie punt returner feels that cleanly, I mean, I think we're looking at a different game, but he oh, basically man, gave them ball at the 10 or 15, something the, like that. There's so many layers to that. We only had 10 men on the field 
during yeah. that punt return. I mean, You'd get Richie. These B. are the kind of things. <laughs> yeah, these are the kind of things that can't happen. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, there's some positives I'll take out of it too. Minka is on an absolute tear two games into the season. Um, people, there are people who thought he had a down year last year. I don't think he did. I think he was covering for holes in our defense. Um, but he's returned to the prior year's stats, you know, so far. Yep. Um, but Minka is, he's phenomenal. I'm super pumped about that. Um, I mean, I don't know if you could pick it up on the TV. You could barely make them out, but the, the picket chants are already starting. I um, figured they would be, and I, I really don't think that's going to fix anything. But, I mean, if he I plays don't. marginally better than Mitch, it's still not going to be great because no. of the plate calling. And that's I, – I should have mentioned that when I was talking about the Raiders as well because there was a lot of the same sentiment coming from from Raiders players and saying, hey, you know, that's yeah. that's above my pay grade. The coach calls a plays, whatever, things like that. So when discussing that epic breakdown. So I think both of our teams are in that same situation where they're, you know, obviously frustrated. Problems. And the, the like one thing said, I will say on the – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say your offensive line looks better than I was expecting at least, but yeah. The, the only thing I'll say about the Trubisky Pickett thing is, I mean, I will go ahead and say, I think Pickett is our quarterback by the end of the season. I don't think it'll wait until next season. Nope. Um, I do think that he will probably have a little more success because I think his vision and his reads were better even in the preseason. Um, I'm not saying he's going to come in and we're all of a sudden going to be a, you know, 12 win team or anything like that. But I, I think he can put together a decent campaign. Um, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in Mitch up to this point because yep. I thought he would be harassed by, you know, our offensive line letting him down. And that really hasn't been the case. Um, I think, I think maybe not all of it was on a Chicago team you know, not being around him. I think it was um, a marriage as far as that goes. He's, I think he'd be an excellent backup quarterback. I guess I'll just say that. Um, and I knew he was a placeholder, so it's hard to be too disappointed. But, and it is only two games into the season, but the Patriots were just a team that we had to have that win. Um, we have some tough teams down the, down the stretch. So, I mean, when you have those, when you're supposed to win a game, you need to win a game. So I don't know, a little frustrating, but on the next week, we got the Browns Thursday night football, Thursday night football. Yeah. Can't wait to see that one. Go Steelers. Um, and then yeah, just one, buddy. one last note on the NFL, Mike Evans got suspended for his role in the dust up between the saints and the Bucks. Um, that, uh, <laughs> this is not his first involvement with Lattimore. And I think that's why he got suspended is because it's happened before. Um, and honestly, I, I really think taking Lattimore out had a better impact for the Bucks. I think it kind of woke them up because at that point, I think it was still tied three to three. And then the Bucks ended up winning. I think it was 20 to 10 or was it 20 to three? I don't remember. But Ooh, either I think way, it was 20 to 10. Yeah. Bucks dominated that game. Defense looked really good. Jameis is playing with uh, broken back, which reminds me of the Mike Tyson interview when they asked him what was broken. Yeah. And he's like, my back. And they're like, what part? And he said, spinal. <laughs> <laughs> spinal. Um, 
Yeah. Just waiting for that recreation by Jameis in an interview. (laughs) Give it time. To your point, though, I mean, Lattimore was obviously a bigger loss to the Saints. Um, You know, with Tom Brady at the helm, losing Mike Evans isn't necessarily crippling. Um, They did sign Cole Beasley. So I've seen that. That's interesting. I think that's a, a good pickup for for them. He's only on the practice squad now, but I'm sure he wouldn't have signed without a He'll promise be up within of a elevation. Week or two. Yeah, I, I do wonder. I mean, if he's game ready, you know, game I'm sure shape, he is. He has some time, but he's been looking, and he's that perfect match for for Tom Brady. I mean, he's in that he's same vein as Edelman, like Amendola, Wes you Welker. Know, Welker, yep, that same vein of quick slot receivers that are, you know, shifty, know their routes, all that fun stuff. So I think that'll be a good pickup for them. And they really look dangerous, especially that defense run by Mr. Todd Bowles. So, all right. Anything else you have? I just got one quick note on the A's, but I think that's all I have. So. I think you already got my uh, Buckos update. We we okay. got we're we're trying to be part of history by giving Judge <laughs> some homers. Just serving them up. Not a <laughs> okay. Well, my only note is just that the A's are playing decent right now. Uh, Tony Camp just hit a three-run home run, so they're beating the Mariners, which are currently second in the AL West, and I think they are the first yeah. overall wild card. So hopefully, my A's can at least play spoilers for other teams in our division because. Obviously, we aren't going to the postseason, so that's our our lot in life right now. And if we can win, <laughs> yeah. you know, all but five games going forward, we won't lose 100 games. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. So with that being said, anything else you have, Kyle, before we, we cut it? No, sir. Just happy I could make it on. But Yeah, it's great to have <laughs> you. And like I said, congrats to you and Carlene. Happy that old Thank Jack. Thank you so much. Happy. We're beyond, beyond excited. Can't wait to meet the little guy. But with that being said, yes, thank sir. you guys for tuning in. Uh, as always, we appreciate your comments, your feedback, uh, liking, sharing, subscribing to us. And we, we hope to catch you on the next one.